welcome back to episode 19 of the Student Physio podcast. This week, we're joined by Adeem Hack and Danny Sarden, two students from the University of Bradford. Adeem is a fourth-year student enrolled on the M Physiotherapy, Sports and Exercise Medicine degree. Adeem chose to study at Bradford and made the move from Edmonton, Alberta in Canada. Danny Sarden is enrolled on the traditional BSc programme at the University of Bradford. Danny hailed from the Gaines just outside of Madrid, Spain. So guys, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank Good you so much for having us. So just to start us off, could you tell us a bit about why you chose to come to Bradford and specifically to study physio? I think we'll start, we'll start with you. Yeah, well, um, pretty much I always wanted to work in sport and to be involved in some capacity. Uh, my life kind of just took me in a way where my first degree gave me a background in sciences and then I got a bit of a foundation to explore my interests from there. And yeah, I really enjoyed hockey as a sport in Canada and kind of wanted to see where rehab sciences could go. Saw that Bradford had a really good physio program and uh, decided to apply. And now we're here four years later. And Danny, yourself? Well, mine is a bit of a long story, actually, long, short story. So um, I've always wanted to do physiotherapy since I was uh, between 12 and 13 years old. So after I finished my exams uh, prior prior university in Spain, uh, which are the equivalents to A-levels. I was researching universities to study physiotherapy and I had several options in Spain, but none of them fully convinced me. Then my family offered me the opportunity to study abroad, which uh, by applying through a company. And I was looking into it and I saw that um, the company offered me uh, to study physiotherapy through dif- different universities. And I saw that Bradford was, at the time I joined, it was like the second best university in the whole UK. So since then, I just decided to apply, hope for the best. I got the offer and I never regretted it since. Stuff. Um, so more of just a general question. So um, we'll start with you, Adeem. How would you describe your just overall experience of Bradford so far? Uh, I've been asked that a lot. First thing I'll say is Bradford has good food. It's kind of where I'll start. Um, it's definitely a change from where I was in Canada. It's a lot more uh, multicultural, you could say. Uh, it's been good. I've loved it, minus kind of what happened with COVID. But it's been a fun experience. Kind of a different atmosphere where everything's really close by. So for someone that's living near campus, Bradford's been great. And Danny, what about yourself? Well, uh, my experience has been amazing overall. I had the opportunity to meet amazing friends, uh, live on campus, learn about different cultures as well, um, from friends all around the world, basically. Try different sports, travel around the country, um, in general, be more independent. Obviously, COVID had a massive impact where I wasn't able to return home and this uh, makes you feel lonely sometimes, like missing your family and your friends. But I've had support since day one from university, from friends, other external resources, which again has made this experience one of the best. What's that I don't regret? What would be your, your number one highlight so far of university, Danny? I would probably say all of the events that the university organizes. So this includes varsity uh, sporting events, such as matches or traveling to different universities to play different matches. Intramural last year. Last year <laughs> Intramural was great. Oh, that, was that was very, very fun. 
Uh, we got second. We deserve it to get first, but <laughs> yeah, we were a different topic. Um, yeah, so explore different societies, uh, their socials at the student union. To summarize, it all comes back to what I mentioned earlier, uh, which is the amazing people and friends that I met throughout my course. Uh, Dean, what would be your number one highlight? Uh, I think what I loved is just kind of the cohort. It's, it's really like tight knit bunch of like-minded individuals everyone's studying the same thing and we're kind of all here for the same reason but having different backgrounds and bringing that together met a lot of people a lot of different backgrounds that I didn't ever think I'd interact with especially when moving abroad so for me I think the networking with all my peers and then even the lectures has been one of the best highlights here. Yeah I think um, everyone that we speak to that's on um, the programs here really likes how tight-knit it is and Everybody knows everybody and you just get to know your cohort so well, which is very different to your other degrees where you'll kind of sit in a lecture theatre and stare at a board and you never really get to know everybody that's on your course. So, yeah, yeah really good. Um, we're going to move on and talk about some of the challenges faced during your time at university. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk about a difference first. So, Danny, obviously, your first language is Spanish. So um, how have you found studying in your second language? Well, <clears throat> Not gonna lie, it was very hard at the beginning. So I have a funny story of my first week at university. Um, I was doing foundation years um, in order to apply for physiotherapy. So my first week, I remember just sitting into this lecture theater with like 200 people. I remember I was quite far back. I just saw the lecturer just speaking about how the uh, module is going to be, how the course is gonna run out. Um, just a little bit about the year, how it's gonna be set out. And I remember just sitting there and, and not like processing the information, just being like, I wanna go home. Uh, this is, I cannot do this, this is so hard. Um, that resolved with time, thankfully. That was like only um, during the first week. But I guess like different accents um, also makes it a bit hard. Um, but once you get used to it and I got used to speaking the language, uh, the better it comes. So I've always said that in order to properly learn a uh, language is by going out, just experience going out, traveling, finding yourself in a situation where you need to find the words to express yourself, which sometimes, not going to lie, I still struggle with. <laughs> yeah, I think um, obviously you did the clinical uh, sciences foundation year. I think that must have been, it's very different to physio. It's very like intense, more sciencey. And with such a big cohort as well at start, it's got to be to be quite a big challenge. It's very scary, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Deem, your first language is obviously English. Um, uh, but have you found any like related challenges coming to England to study? Yeah, I, I can definitely agree about the accent. Um, I still get it to this day. I'll be going out and someone will be like, where are you from? America, Canada, I'll try to guess. But yeah, kind of the, the second I start talking, you stand out like a sore thumb. Uh, and then even just me trying to understand everyone else was uh, a bit of a learning curve there. Kind of remember my first time I was talking to someone and they were like, you all right? And I assumed that was the floodgates to a new conversation, just started talking. And the guy kept walking past me and I was like, what? what's going on here? Like, I guess people aren't that friendly, but yeah, kind of figure out that's just kind of say what's up and then you just keep going. So the slang was definitely definitely something I had to adjust to. I think yeah, uh, other than that, that's so, funny because my first couple of weeks was similar. At, at home, you know, you if 
there's two people walking past you you just say hi and and walk past and it's it's pretty normal um but you know first week in Bradford walking around campus and you know you're the only two people in the corridor so you just say hi and they're kind of looking at you as if who the hell are you so I can I can definitely relate relate to that in terms of the four of us sitting here we're all we're all at the same university doing doing physio but all four of us have actually been exposed to four different education systems in terms of of coming from Spain how have you found the difference in the sort of the style of teaching um in the UK in, in comparison to at home Danny? Well, um, obviously in Spain, I got to experience a bit of like college level uh, studies. So that was more based on, um, they give you a massive textbook and they expect you to learn it by the end of the year. They expect you to know all about it. And then you have a massive exam where you just have to just know the content by heart and try to do your best. I feel like um, at least at Bradford University and based on physiotherapy, it is more project-based, it is more practical exams. So instead of you trying to recall the information, you actually interact with someone in order to, um, to apply your knowledge, which I find it really, really helpful. And I find like, that's my better way to study. My, like, I, I find it very helpful. I also find that at least at Bradford University, there is more support than I had in Spain. So it was quite a lot of us in Spain. And as I said, they just give you the content and they expect you to pass the exams. While here, they, they kind of like look after you. They, they make sure you're okay. They make sure um, that your exams are all going all right. So yeah, definitely more support. Uh, Dean, what's, what's your experience been like? Yeah, definitely here. The support's been great, especially for international students. I mean, you have like lectures checking up on you all the time, but just comparing it from my first degree, that, that smaller cohort, I still come back to that. And I like my first one, we were doing lectures with three, 400 students in a class. You have a multiple choice exam and to the professor, you're, you're just a number. You're not even a name at that point. And everyone's fighting against each other. There's only a certain number of people that finish with an A or B plus, whatever you want. So there's a curve and you're kind of competing with everyone just to get, you know, the top 90th percentile or whatever it is. Here, it's definitely more relaxed. People help you out. And yeah, it's a, it's a good way to kind of collaborate, work with each other and kind of grow together instead of putting one against the other. And uh, Dan, you kind of touched on earlier about sitting in, in a lecture theater thinking, uh, I kind of just wish I was at home. How have you found living away from home? Um, obviously, this is you've been away for a while now, so you're probably used to it. But in terms of things that you miss at home, how have you find that sort of adapting to a completely new lifestyle in some ways? Well, I like to think that I've always been very independent. Uh, when I was 15 years old, I also lived in the United States for 11 months. However, that was a bit different because I was with a family that was like looking after me and supporting me. So right now I'm by myself at university. I'm older, more responsibilities. So obviously there's some differences. But I still had that experience. So I, I knew that moving away from home was not going to be the biggest challenge. Um, besides, it only takes like two hours and a half for me to travel back home. So in terms of that, I'm thinking um, it's been that tough 
However, you do sometimes need that comfort from home, that support, uh, home meals, uh, your parents uh, helping you out with anything, your friends at home, my dog, definitely miss my dog. Uh, but big part that kept me going was mainly my enthusiasm for my chosen degree, which is physiotherapy, always keen to learn. And also I found that keeping myself busy is very helpful. So joining different sports societies, uh, meeting with friends, traveling whenever I can. All that support has mainly come from, from university and the support that it's given us. Yeah, I think you had it, um, well, I'm sure as well as a lot of international students had it quite hard um, when the pandemic hit. Obviously, you didn't get to go home for ages. I remember having chats with you at the time and luckily you had friends that you could go and live with. But how was, how was that as a, a time? It was a bit tough. Um, it was a bit tough because uh, obviously I was still, the COVID pandemic ran a bit different in Spain than it did in England. So while Spain was in lockdown, I was still at university and I had some exams, so I couldn't obviously come back home. And then when they closed down university and the whole country was in lockdown, I found myself that I couldn't, I could not travel back home to Spain. Luckily, I had two amazing friends, uh, their brother and sister, that they um, asked their parents if I could live with them, not live with them, but like stay with them until I was able to come back home, which actually took five months. <laughs> So, so yeah, so they took me in and I just stayed with them. And it was, honestly, that's what I'm saying. Um, the support from friends has been very, very helpful. Yeah, it's really good to hear that. So um, just back to the, the previous question, Adim, how have you found living away from, so far from home, especially this Canada is a long way away? Yeah, it's definitely uh, more than a two and a half hour flight. We're looking at at least eight or nine hours to get back. But I mean, one thing I can't complain about is the weather. I'll take the rain over like two feet of snow any day, like minus 40 the other week. And I'm like just walking around with a light jacket. So definitely makes it a little bit easier when you have better weather. And yeah, I mean, like I, my wife was like, great. She came with me and we're both studying together. So it helps to have, you know, that as your support network. And at least someone you can always come to and kind of talk about your day with. That's probably the main thing keeping me going is her. Because, you know, sometimes, especially with COVID, I'm just stuck in like a flat here, nowhere to go. You always have someone to talk to, play some games or something, keep you busy. That's really good. Lewis, I just wanted to, to jump to you because obviously... You, you've also moved away from home. You've come from Northern Ireland um, and studied in England. So. Yeah, it's not exactly as far, is it? But um, how have your just overall experiences been uh, living away from home? I think, well, first year was a bit of a disaster. Um, but I think it's kind of weird. I think it comes back to what we were saying a wee bit earlier on about kind of fitting into a new culture. And Adeem was saying, you know, you're around people of, of so many different nationalities and they've got different accents and a different way of living. And, you know, even from where I live, it's, you know, Bradford is a, is one of the most cultural, multicultural cities in, in the UK. And I think the, the biggest issue I had moving away from home was how restricted you felt in terms of where you could go. Obviously, didn't have my car with me, didn't really know the area that well, never went on a train until I came to England. 
so you're trying to adapt all these situations while studying at university um and i think the first year kind of just took me a while to to find my feet and um kind of get comfortable with doing everything on my own and almost having the confidence to do everything um on my own but sort of jumping in with with you and connor um and second year definitely definitely helped me just to settle and you've kind of got the comfort of of people that you know around you and like-minded people wanting to do the same things as you wanting to go to the same places um you know similar attitudes around around studying and, and things like that just helps you make just helps to make you feel a bit more comfortable i suppose yeah i think um it kind of comes back to that support network again um in first year obviously you're living by yourself with uh, some other international students and you didn't almost have that immediate support network and i think that's probably what's made it easier in second year living with friends and living with people that you know and get on with it's just it makes it a lot easier um obviously and it's being naive to say there isn't challenges and obviously um as discussed there is challenges it's just about persevering and finding out a way to um live in this new culture that you've you've arrived in um so uh we touched on a bit about the the pandemic with danny but um adeem what sort of unique challenges um presented to you and how did you overcome them yeah i think the biggest one was having to adapt and being stuck at home for so long i mean i i got lucky enough that when the first wave hit we got one of the last flights out to canada right before they sealed the border so in a way i was able to leave but then we were stuck for six months there and couldn't come back so just having to do all of our group meetings for assignments at two three in the morning to accommodate for like the time difference i think i was like the only one committed that much i, I don't know how anyone's brain can function at three in the morning and mine probably didn't that much but you know you kind of get it done because that's how the year was going for everyone everyone's kind of making sacrifices and picked up some hobbies kind of found out the uh youtube fitness kind of genre there and did some workouts at home tried to build up a home gym just to keep my sanity because it was hard for everyone just could barely go outside i don't know how it was here during that moment but like you could maybe go out for half an hour at a time before you know one of your neighbors would call the cops on you so pretty strict there yeah it's very very interesting it's good that in a good way that you managed to get home but obviously wherever you were in the world obviously had its challenges and studying at 3am in the morning so you can have um, your group calls can obviously obviously is not the best way to go but fair play to you for being that committed to um Join, join the course I don't think I'd be that committed to do that um so we're going to move on to talk about plans for graduation and beyond um so um do you guys have any plans um for graduation are you looking to move back to Spain and Canada respectively or what's kind of your thoughts and feelings at the moment Adeem we'll start with you because it's a bit closer um for you than Danny I think my like the thing that's keeping me going right now is the next vacation right after graduation. I feel like I lost quite a bit of travel time with COVID, so 
I'm not really thinking of employment until I get, you know, all of my boxes ticked off, all the places I want to see. But yeah, graduation's coming around. It's a lot of stress right now. The dissertation and a couple of other assignments. So having a vacation booked in June kind of keeps me going and gives me a little bit more energy when I need it. I think that's definitely something that quite a few people are probably going to take that route. Um, certainly over the next year, I think COVID's probably taught us that the time that we have is quite precious and, you know, there's no pressure on graduating and just going straight into a job. You know, it's sort of give yourself that time to, like you said, go and explore, tick off all the places that you want to go and see and then, and then think about work and employment because at the end of the day, you know, it's really just a job. Yeah, I think um, especially a lot of us in fourth year, we've kind of gone for those um, the elective placements across across the world. I mean, a few others are uh, going to the Philippines uh, through June to do a placement abroad. So kind of like doubled as a bit of extra experience for any placements we missed and um, getting a holiday in the Philippines as well. So I'm sure a lot of people are using that as um, an incentive to kind of get them through this last um, this last struggle, especially fourth year with dissertations and assignments coming up, it can be quite a challenging time. Uh, Danny, have you got any thoughts about coming up to graduation? Whether you'll stay in um, stay in England, move to, back to Spain, or any other thoughts you're having? Mm, well, uh, that's a bit of a tricky subject because um, I'm still I still have a year and a half to go uh, to graduate. But I totally agree with what you guys say. I feel like I don't want to jump straight in into just working. I still definitely want to travel. I I know that I will stay in England for a few years because that's where I studied my degree and that's where I want to get comfortable. I'm thinking of doing masters as well at some point. I still want to try the different fields within physiotherapy. And yeah, I definitely want to travel because I don't like to just stick to one place. So I want to try working anywhere. But in my mind, I always have this thought that at some point in my life, probably at the end, I will come back to Spain and finish in Spain. So once I travel around the world, uh, experience working in the UK, United States, Australia, anywhere, I think at some point I will, I will end up in Spain. So ideally, are you kind of thinking once you graduate, do your rotations, get a flavor for, for the different areas and then kind of go from there? Yeah, that's kind of the point. Just have a taste of different, yeah, different rotations in, in the UK. Then maybe just move somewhere else. Yeah, just have a, have a different feeling, have different experiences. I would like to do that. I think on a slightly well it's not really a side note but I, I think there's quite a there's quite a big attraction for students who study in the UK to actually go and work in Canada um and I've kind of said a couple of times that I would quite like to to go and work in Canada or, or New Zealand after I graduate just in some ways for the same reason that you've had the experience of coming here you know I would quite like to go and experience um something a bit different somewhere else and kind of see how how physios perceived and 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 utilized in in a different part of the world because i think you can get quite bogged down into how it works in the uk based off of how of how the system is but 
you know, you see that a lot of the the best research that that we use on a daily basis is coming from the likes of Australia and New Zealand and Canada. You know, personally, I, I think it would be pretty cool to to go out to there to to use some of their research and, and kind of further myself that way. I definitely think it's um really good to just kind of indulge in a different culture. Obviously, I I'm probably the only one here that hasn't had that yet. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely looking at even just like the placement in Philippines will give me sort of an idea um, whether that's a little bit far stretched, but um, definitely a goal. And I think everybody should experience it at some point just to, just to get, just to get the experience. Obviously the, the principles of physiotherapy can be applied in any setting, but the way they're applied and um, what the emphasis is on, whether it's a manual treatment or different treatment modalities, it's going to change wherever you are. And um, like Lewis said, um, kind of being at the forefront, whether the best research is being done, the best research is being implemented and staying very new on that evidence-based practice. Um, really cool to see. Just a side question for, for both of you. Um, how does the degree that we're, you're completing now translate to your home country? So Danny, um, we'll start with you. Well, uh, because I applied at university um, before Brexit happened, and I applied through a company that kind of like explained this topic to me as well. Uh, basically, it homologates. So once I get my degree in the UK, I, I am able to, to practice physiotherapy in Spain. Um, I still want to do a master's degree, and I don't know if that will homologate because I will do that after Brexit. But definitely, yeah, I, I will be able to practice um, in Spain if I wanted to. I don't know um, if I will be able to do this in different countries. or I might need to do some kind of course to homologate this degree. Um, but yeah, when I come back to Spain, I will be able to. Oh, really cool, really cool. Um, Nadine, what about you? I know Canada can be a bit tricky at the moment. There's quite a lot of situations going on there with um, physios and getting registered at the moment. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a bit of a breakthrough going on with all the new physios because uh, the regulatory body there used to have this um, practical exam and then a written exam implemented. And it was a bit useless because you spend, you know, over a thousand hours in practical settings so you can demonstrate your competency that way. And I think because of COVID, there was a huge backlog of new graduates wanting to get certified. So they ended up just scrapping the uh, the practical exam. So in a way, it works out just because the program here in Bradford does translate one-to-one -to, -one to anyone that wants to work in Canada. So all you really have to do is just send your documentations over. You can get that certified, and then you can challenge the exam like any graduate in Canada would. So yeah, for Lewis, anyone that wants to go to Canada, the process just got much easier. So fingers crossed that they can get rid of that uh, multiple choice exam too. And you can just go and start working right away. I think there there's sort of rumbles and, and, and work going on to try to make it quite universal that, that this sort of discrepancy between physiotherapy and physical therapy and how one doesn't cross over to the other and, and things like that are making it quite difficult for, for sort of, guys all around the world trying to work in different areas and get that experience and I think whenever we've spoken to, to Stephen a couple of times Brad there there seems to be quite a bit of work to try and get this sort of one uniform 
word that everyone's going to kind of fall under, but that it's going to be globally recognized that you're not going to have these barriers of of getting into different countries that that you would have previously had. And you know, you're saying things about the practical exam and and the um the written exam. You know, they would have had very specific things that they'd be looking for in the practical exam, and sometimes it falls on for it falls on people to go off and do a course in this particular area so they can come back and, and show that in the practical exam I think if they definitely have something that falls under one big umbrella that you know you might not have every single skill in the book but you've got enough to get to to get your certification in that country I think it would make it would make life easier for for everyone and I think you'll find that you'll actually get more international students worldwide so you might find that you'll get more um, students from the UK going to to different places around Europe or, or going and studying in, in America or, or Canada but like you see quite a few um, Irish and Scottish students will go to the Netherlands to do their physio um, practice because it's quite well um, like like embursed um, and because obviously Ireland still falls under the European Union they, they get it quite well subsidised and I think physio in Canada works out our physio in the Netherlands is like 1400 euro a year anyway so they're getting it for buttons um and I think if we can if there's a system that can incorporate that a lot more often I think it would it would be beneficial for a lot of people yeah I think um almost like uniting physio across the yeah. across the world it'd be it'd be something like a very good goal to to aim for obviously there's going to be quite a lot of differences between teaching in different countries but if there was a way to standardize it and even if moving um to a new country they still want to test the um your knowledge and make sure that actually you do have what what it's what it takes to work here um even if that was still was there but there's more of a recognition um just to say that look we all kind of get taught the same thing we're all still applying the same principles that i spoke of earlier definitely something to go for i know um working in the united states obviously that's one of the hardest places to get into and they require quite a lot to get into there and there's quite a push at the moment for um physical therapy as it is over there to try and become a, a doctor as well so it's kind of all under one um one term the the issue with with the united states is um whenever i was still in school i was that's where i actually initially tried to apply for um because I was looking to get a football scholarship and the the issue over there is that it actually takes seven years to become a physical therapist but you're actually at no point are you ever an autonomous practitioner so you'll always work under um under a doctor now you become a doctor of physical therapy but you're still under the jurisdiction if you like of the medical director or the 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 head of that department who tells who, who will inform what you do as your practice and then you incorporate what they what they tell you to do so you, you don't have the the scope or the capacity to to make decisions on your own i think that's probably the one downside of of physical therapy and where the attraction of that is actually a lot less you know you, you might have the lifestyle of of going to america and studying at a big american college but at the end of it you're actually coming out less qualified with more training you know it doesn't really add up yeah I think it's it's a very interesting point because um on some of my placements I've worked with um she was a band five at the time but she definitely should have been a band seven or above um who's 
came over from America and I couldn't actually believe just the level of knowledge and just everything. Like she was practically running the department as a band five. And I was just amazed at like how much of knowledge and she was just like, this is a breeze compared to what we had to know. And she was like, what well, you guys have to do, you know, it's just, you guys can actually get paid a band five. And like, we wouldn't even be allowed to go anywhere near a patient at that point. We'd still be in school learning so much more. So I think it's amazing the different takes on across the country, uh, well, across the world and, just what's that level of level of knowledge that different countries require um, to get graduated? Adim, don't don't they still have physios and physical therapists in Canada, or has that kind of become uniform? It's it's kind of just one. Um, from what I remember, I think you can only use the title of a physical therapist if you've graduated under under like an accredited university okay. so you can't really call yourself a physical therapist but it's the same training it's to my knowledge the exact same thing like whether you're a physio or a physical therapist they both refer to themselves as physio in shorthand so okay. i think it's just kind of just meshed into one yeah so they don't they don't have two um like two governing bodies you know you haven't got like the society of physical therapy and then the society of physiotherapy they've all just got the one the one title but then it's just whatever they, they call themselves yeah um so i suppose for people listening the the thing that they'll be tuned into and wanting to get some tips from or from your guys from you guys in terms of advice that you could give to other students who are either studying in the uk or thinking about coming to the uk as international students um to study what what sort of advice danny would would you give them well um if you're considering studying outside of your country or coming into the uk um my advice would be don't overthink it and definitely do it it is an experience that you will never forget i had so many doubts before i applied uh, obviously i had other opportunities other universities i could apply in spain i decided to do it and Honestly, that's something I do not regret at all. And I truly, truly recommend it. So if you're thinking about it, that's that's my advice. Just go for it. Adeem? Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat, I think. The biggest thing is just knowing that you can create a support network somewhere in, in case you need it, because you probably will, but definitely worth just as a person in terms of growing up and developing and you know being exposed to a world that you wouldn't necessarily think even existed it's it's worth taking that leap of faith and for me it's, it was a huge change I didn't have a single regret even when I got tough you're still interacting with different people all the time and then just knowing that you know if you need a bit of a mental pick-me-up there are people around you'll always meet nice people anywhere you go and that can always kind of help you push on to the next day. I think the, uh, the take home message is just, just take that leap of faith and you're going to get, get so much out of it. The pros definitely outweigh the cons and so many other students are able to take that leap and go for it. And there is established support network. So if you're thinking about doing it, it's definitely, it's definitely doable. Um, so many other people do it and if in case times do get bad there is that support network there for you 
Okay, we've kind of exhausted our list of questions. So we're going to move on to um, three questions we all we ask all of our all of our guests. So, um, Adim, I'll come to you first. So, what would you say are the three most important behaviours or traits for a physiotherapist in your experience, and why? I think just the first thing would be you have to be malleable, able to change and adapt all the time. And yeah, I know uh, we hear that all the time in lectures, but you definitely end up with patients and people all the time just asking you questions or they need something that's not really physio related, but you're just pulling in your own experiences. So number one is just being malleable, uh, being able to learn all on the fly and not just saying, okay, I've got my degree I'm going to give all my textbooks away and I'm done. You're going to have to learn. And that's just kind of part of the deal with the career. We're doing CPD all the time and you're going to have to continue doing that. So you have to be able to keep learning. And then for the third one, I mean, there's too many choices for, for a third. But I mean, if I had to pick one, you, you just got to, you got to love it. Because it's, it's something you... You get into it's not like I feel like a doctor where you're going to be getting the most financial gains out of it. You can definitely get there, but most people that go into this go because you're driven towards something. You want to either help people get into sport and work with athletes, or work with the elderly, or with someone that you know has been affected by some sort of neurological condition, and there's some sort of driving force there. So you just got to remember that you're going to be dealing with all kinds of people and remember why you're choosing the career that you are. Yeah, I think there's some very, very important points there in that um, the learning never stops. Um, once you graduate, it's, it's just the first step on um, the long road to trying to learn um, more. And I think the more you learn, the, the more you realise you actually don't know and the more you've got to learn. So it's a constant, constant learning opportunity and um I think it's really good in that profession in that there's so many different places you can go to. And even if you became the best respiratory therapist there would ever be, and you haven't even touched neuro yet, you haven't even touched MSK, you haven't even touched any other area. So there is such a big profession and you never complete all of it. Um, I think that's, that's one of the big points of you'll never get bored because if you do, you can just move to a new area. Um, and the other one, love the profession. I really like that. Um, and I think if you do love the profession, it shows you're going in it for the right reasons. And I think if you don't, it could get quite exhausting quite quickly. Um, if you don't have that that reinforcement of this is why I'm doing this and this is why um, I go to work every day. It's really it's amazing job satisfaction. Um, yeah, great answers. So Danny, we'll come to you. What are the three most important behaviors or traits for a physiotherapist? in your experience and why? Well, I firstly wanted to agree with Adim. I think you've really got to love this profession. Um, what you mentioned is, is, is very true. Uh, you're coming into a profession, you need to be confident. You want to go to work, having that confidence, having that uh, reassurance that, that you're going to have a good day, that you love your profession. So I think that's, that's a very good one. However, I wrote different ones. So um, I thought, I think that excellent communication skills is very important. So uh, know what to say, know how to interact with your patient because you're, you're going to have patients coming from very different backgrounds with 
very different stories. So just have your ability to explain something to a patient in easy terms that they understand, your ability to communicate with other healthcare professionals um, so that they understand, because uh, it's a career that you you get in touch with lots of lots of different health professionals, um, including doctors, OTs, uh, phys- other physicians. So, so yeah, I think excellent communication skills is is a big one. Um, the second one, I would say, it's initiative, sensitivity, patience, and tact. Uh, it all comes to being um, having that. Um, being empathic with the patients, so having that empathy, um, I think is, is very, very important. And for the third one, I feel like something I realized during my placement at the time is your ability to work under pressure and manage your time effectively. You're constantly seeing patients, you're constantly writing notes, you're constantly uh, just listening and interacting and treating different people. Uh, it's, it's gonna get stressful sometimes. Um, so yes, I think a uh, very important behavior is your ability to, to manage that time effectively and being able to work under loads of stress or, or pressure. Wow, I think you just said about 15 different skills that you, are, you could, <laughs> could need to be a physio. Yeah, great, really good examples. I think communication and empathy are the ones that come up quite, quite commonly and are ones that um, are emphasized quite a lot. And uh, the work under pressure and time management is obviously um very at the moment with all the covid and stuff and everybody having to completely adapt and change their working life and working in a very stressful and high pressure situation so yeah very very good answers lewis over to you um so the next question is what excites you the most about the future of physiotherapy we'll, we'll start with you danny um, this is something that obviously Brad and Adim have mentioned before. So I think uh, that is a career that is always changing. So it needs to grow and adaptation as uh, society's needs develop over time. So it's impressive how you can develop new roles to influence how services evolved for the benefit of the public, public health and, and other patients. So yeah, it is a continued progress. Um, you're always learning, you're always adapting and I think that's that's the greatness about the future of physiotherapy. And Dean? Yeah, I think that kind of goes without saying is that it's a career that's evolving. It's really exciting just to see what can come out of it with all the, the new graduates, with all the motivation that people have, the want for change, not really knowing where you can go, but then at the same time, just knowing that there are already so many options that you can take. So whether you want to do, you know, the public sector, go work for the NHS, go abroad and take your skills there, go private, go into a sports setting. There's there's so much variety available now and there's going to be even more coming with how society is evolving and the needs of people. I remember when I applied, my uncle said, oh, you're, you're going to get a job right away because people always get injured. And he just laughed and I was like, I guess that's true, yeah. People are always getting injured and they're always going to need someone. I think, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that ever-changing. Um, that's something that, that I love about physio as well. And I think it's something that is obviously in, in most, if not all, professions, but I feel like it's it's particularly unique to physio, the, the rate at which the research is accelerating. And I think that sort of pays dividends to 
to the reliance that both the public and private sector have on on physio and the dependency that that sort of for example sports teams have or where you've got doctors who who are relying on on their physios in terms of getting athletes back or or improving the the standard of care within the health service i think the the acceleration of of research and the rate at which it's being pumped out at the moment is is brilliant because it's forcing us to to sort of stand up and and adapt to that as well and you know <laughs> there's 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 people out there that'll put you in your place if if you're still using methods that are dated and 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 have been proven that that they're not as good as what what the latest research is and i think keeping you on your toes all the time is is definitely something that's really exciting very really good answers both of you um so we're going to our final question um you can answer this way answer this question anywhere you anywhere you want there's no specific way to answer this so you can take it in whatever direction you want so Adeem we'll start with you are you satisfied yeah I think as, as much as someone can be with what they expected coming into a new country a new program pretty much a new life I think yeah uh, I'm satisfied without going into 20 minute tangent there, there's definitely a lot that you can complain about but in the end I'm happy, healthy, I've got a roof over my head and I'm probably going to go back to uni tomorrow morning to do some assignments, so I'm, I'm chilling. That's satisfied that you can be, love it. Um, and Danny, are you satisfied? I am very pleased, I'm proud of what I've done so far, but I would say I'm not yet satisfied. I think I still have a very long way ahead of me uh, many other areas of um, to explore within the field of physiotherapy, many more research to do, treatments to perform, just many more things to see. But so far, I can say that this has been an experience that I would not change for anything. And definitely, I want to keep moving forwards. Yeah, and I think it's it's really good to acknowledge that that um, you are really proud of where you've come and how much you've done so far. But actually, there's still more for you to do, and you're still hungry to do more. So yeah really good answers okay thank you both for coming on to the podcast and sharing experience of studying studying physiotherapy in england um it's been great to have you both on and yeah i think it's made a really good episode thank you so much for having us it's been great thank you yeah, this was awesome so that is it for episode 19 of the podcast we hope you enjoyed listening and please send us any feedback that you have to our instagram page And as always, don't forget to follow us on Spotify by typing in the Student Physio Podcast and follow our Instagram and Twitter at Physio Podcast One. Thank you very much for listening and bye for now.